1: Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code radio20 at bloomberglive.com slash festival.
2: From the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Monday, April 10th. Coming up today... The
3: end may be in sight for global interest rate hikes.
2: Our new survey says the rally in tech stocks could be running out of steam.
3: Geopolitical tensions grow as China conducts military drills around Taiwan.
2: And the Biden administration weighs its options after a federal judge suspends an abortion pill.
4: For the first time in the university's history, workers at Rutgers planned to strike. Plus, a vote today to reinstate and expel Tennessee representation I'm Michael Barr.
5: More ahead. I'm John Stancher Sharon sports. John Rahm won the Masters. The Yankees won the Mets loss. The Knicks and Nets start the playoffs on Saturday. That's all straight
4: ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app.
3: Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager.
2: And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. Rounds put
3: on the way
6: and in. another spanish superstar will wear a green jacket
3: and it was a come from behind win for the 28 year old spaniard he entered yesterday's tournament in augusta georgia four shots back from brooks kepka who ended up tied for second with phil mickelson we're going to have much more on rom's victory at the masters in sports coming up in just a few minutes
2: Well, we now turn to the economy, Nathan, most global central banks may be nearing an end to raising interest rates. Let me get the details live with Bloomberg's John Tucker. John, good morning.
6: And Karen, after the most aggressive global tightening cycle seen in decades, peak rates may be in sight. The tight policy has delivered dance in economic growth and turmoil in the banking industry. Still, it's not a simple path ahead. Take Friday's better-than-expected payrolls report in the U.S. Mohamed El-Aryan, president of Queens College, Cambridge, reacted after those numbers crossed.
7: For the Fed, this increases the probability that they'll go 25 basis points in early May.
6: Now, according to Bloomberg Economics, the short-lived peak for global rates will be 6% in the third quarter. By the end of next year, that measure is seen dropping to 4.9%. At least 20 of the 23 major jurisdictions across the globe monitored by Bloomberg are projected to be lowering borrowing costs next year. Live in New York, I'm John Tucker, Bloomberg Daybreak.
3: Well, thanks, John. Well, something else that may be short-lived may be this year's 20% rally in tech stocks. At least that's according to the latest Bloomberg Live Pulse survey. More than a quarter of respondents expect earnings to stall the tech rally. Only 14% predict further gains. Tech's also looking more expensive. The NASDAQ 100's trading at 24 times its forward earnings, well above its long-term average of 19 and the S&P 500's multiple of 18.
2: Well, Nathan, the biggest tech stock of them all, Apple, has seen personal computer shipments plunge in the first quarter. And we get the latest live with Bloomberg's Steve Rappaport. Good
3: morning, Steve. Good morning, Karen and Nathan. Shipments by all PC makers combined dropped 29% for the quarter, with Apple leading the way with more than 40%. That's according to a report from the International Data Corporation. But there's a silver lining to the slump. IDC says cooling demand is giving manufacturers time and room to make changes as they explore factories' options outside of China. Experts predict a rebound in 2024 driven by the need to replace aging hardware and an improving global economy. Live in New York, I'm Steve Rappaport, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thanks, Steve. In other corporate news, Tesla says it's going to build a large new battery factory in Shanghai. Bloomberg Daybreak Asia anchor Brian Curtis has more from Hong Kong. Tesla will make its Megapack large-scale energy storage unit in this new facility. It's a move that will be seen as further cementing China's place at the top of the energy storage supply chain. The project was announced on Sunday. Construction is set to begin the third quarter of this year. The plant will start production in the second quarter of next year. The Megapack is not for EVs. It's intended as a massive battery to help stabilize energy grids. In Hong Kong, Brian Curtis, Bloomberg Daybreak.
2: All right, Brian, thanks. While geopolitical tensions are heating up this morning, a U.S. Navy destroyer passed through the South China Sea in a show of force as China continues military drills around Taiwan. Bloomberg's Amy Morris has details from our 991 newsroom in Washington.
3: The USS Milius guided missile destroyer conducted freedom of navigation operations in the South China Sea near the Spratly Islands, an area that Beijing says belongs to China. The U.S. refuses to acknowledge China's claim and regularly conducts such operations to challenge them, something China denounces as an infringement on its sovereignty. Meanwhile, China this week held exercises involving aircraft and ships near Taiwan after Taiwan's president returned from a visit to the U.S., which included meetings with the House Speaker Kevin McCarthy and other lawmakers. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thank you, Amy. The Biden administration's on track to propose the toughest ever U.S. curbs on car pollution. The proposed standards on cars and light trucks are set to be announced Wednesday in Detroit. They're expected to govern tailpipe emissions of carbon dioxide, smog-forming nitrogen oxide, and other pollution from vehicles manufactured in model years 2027 to 2032. The Washington Post says the goal is to have as many as two-thirds of all new passenger vehicle sales electric by 2032.
2: Well, Nathan, the issue of abortion rights back in the spotlight. Thanks to a decision in Texas, a federal judge has suspended FDA approval of mifepristone, a drug that's often used in early-stage medication abortions. The drug has been deemed safe and effective for decades. Now, Health and Human Services Secretary Javier Becerra says he's weighing every option to overturn the ruling.
3: If a judge decides to substitute his preference, his personal opinion, for that of scientists and medical professionals, what drug is it subject to some kind of legal challenge?
2: And Health Secretary Javier Becerra was on CNN's State of the Union. The Texas judge's ruling was almost immediately contradicted by a competing decision from a judge in Washington state. And this is Bloomberg.
7: Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline.
3: It is 42 degrees in New York. It's going to be sunny today with a high near 65. We'll get down to the upper 40s tonight with just a few clouds around. Time now to take a look at some of the other stories making news in New York and around the world with Bloomberg's
4: Michael Barr. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. It looks like more than 9,000 Rutgers University union members will go on strike today. For the first time in the school's 257-year history, three unions representing educators, researchers, and clinicians took a formal vote last night to walk off the job at 9 a.m. after no agreement was made on a new contract after nearly a year of bargaining. Union President Rebecca Given spoke to ABC7.
7: Grad workers, postdocs, counselors, biomedical faculty, so-called legacy faculty, and we will take this momentous step.
4: The strike will affect all three campuses of Rutgers in Newark, New Brunswick, and Camden. Nashville, Tennessee's Metro Board is expected to meet today to start work on reappointing expelled State Representative Justin Jones. The Republican-controlled State House voted last week to expel Jones and another black member, Justin Pearson, over their part in a protest for gun reform legislation. Nashville Vice Mayor Jim Schulman says constituents have been silenced by the punishment.
6: They're speaking out. They're speaking out on some serious issues and they deserve to be heard. Um, this is democracy.
4: Meanwhile, Jones visited his church on Easter Sunday, bringing the congregation to its feet. A New Jersey imam is recovering after being stabbed during morning prayers on Sunday. About 200 people were at the Omar Mosque in Patterson, New Jersey, when an attacker rushed Syed Elkhunqib and stabbed the imam twice in the back before being restrained by other attendees. The imam is in the hospital in stable condition, according to authorities. As for the attacker, no motive has been released. The former president's attorney general says he thinks the Manhattan criminal case against President Donald Trump is weak. But Bill Barr thinks the potential charges for the classified documents seized at Mar-a-Lago and the charges stemming from allegedly trying to convince Georgia officials to change the state's 2020 election results have much better chances at sticking. Barr said Trump has no one to blame but himself for
5: all of his legal woes. The president, unfortunately has a penchant for uh, engaging in reckless and and self-destructive behavior that brings these kinds of things on him.
4: Barr spoke on ABC's This Week, which can be heard Sundays on Bloomberg. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan.
3: Thanks, Michael.
5: For the Bloomberg Sports Update. Good morning, John Stashow. Good morning, Nathan. John Rahm began 2023 by winning three of the first seven PGA events, and now he's won the first major. Won the Masters, going away for this 12 under par, beating Brooks Koepka and Phil Mickelson by four shots. Really proud of myself from what I did, um, and still really hasn't sunk in yet. And I'm looking at this
3: course, and I'm still thinking I have a couple more holes left to to win and. Uh,
5: can't really say anything else. You know, this one was for Seve. I know he he was up there helping, and help he did. He's referred to the late by Ballesteros, a golfing legend in Rom's native Spain. He won the green jacket 40 years ago. Kepka lost by four after leading by four at the start of the day. He's left the PGA Tour to join the live, as did Mickelson, who at age 52 had not been playing well the last couple of years. But he turned back the clock yesterday with the final round, 65. Yankees won 5-3 at Baltimore. Two home runs for Aaron Judd. One for Franchi Cordero. Hit two in the series against the team that cut him in spring training. Yankees have won all three series so far. And they start another one tonight at Cleveland. The Mets were going for a city Field sweep. But Carlos Carrasco roughed up again in Miami. Won 7-2. Carrasco's 0-2 with an 11 ERA. Tampa Bay won again. That's a second straight 11-0 win over Oakland, and the Rays are now 9-0. Knicks and Nets both lost their regular season finales and then learned their playoff openers will be on the road on Saturday. The Knicks will have a 6 o'clock start in Cleveland. The Nets a 1 o'clock tip in Philadelphia. Odell Beckham Jr. will not play for the Jets or rejoin the Giants. He signed with Baltimore. John Stachauer, Bloomberg Sports, Nathan
3: Okay, John, thank
5: you. Up next, we will get
3: the trading week started with Dennis Gartman, the former publisher of the Gartman Letter, as we look to the path ahead for the Fed after last week's jobs report and with more inflation data uh, due out later this week. As we watch futures trade, little changed right now. S&P futures are little changed to the upside. Dow futures are up five points. NASDAQ futures are lower by 19 points. This is Bloomberg Live from coast to coast, from
4: New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius
3: XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. What will the Fed do next? It is the ongoing debate for markets, and it's gathering more steam after a March jobs report that seemed to raise bets for yet another interest rate hike next month. We get another key round of data for this data-dependent central bank this week when the latest readings on inflation come out. Ahead of that, let's bring in Dennis Gartman to get us ready for the trading week ahead, the chairman of the University of Akron Endowment Investment Committee, and the former publisher of the Gartman Letter. Dennis, it's great to speak with with you as always, where would you say the Fed is in this uh, hiking cycle?
8: Nathan, always good to speak with you, especially the day after the Masters. What a great tournament that was! But uh, on to the most important stuff really, very little going on. And, and the, the consensus is after Friday's uh, non farm payrolls number of 236,000, which was right on the consensus estimation and a revision upward uh, in the previous month, the Fed is probably going to move the, the overnight Fed funds rate at 25 basis points higher. That may well be the last time they moved the, the funds rate uh, at all for a long period of time. If you'd have asked me six weeks ago what was the Fed going to do, I'd have said we had at least another 25 basis points in May, 25 basis points in, in June, and maybe 25 basis points more later in the summer. But the, given the banking let's, – let's use the term crisis. Given the banking crisis mm. that has occurred over the course of the past several weeks, that's probably the equivalent of 50 basis points increase in the overnight funds rate or, or, the, or the Fed's uh, uh, tighter monetary policies, given the fact that banks will probably be somewhat reticent to make loans going forward. So we probably got 25 basis points coming up at the May meeting, and that should do it probably through the course of the year. So we'll see what happens. But that's my estimation at this point, given the economic circumstances, given the banking circumstances and given the uh, inflation circumstances that prevail.
3: Are you concerned that we could see a tightening in credit conditions? Are you seeing signs of that from banking activity at this point?
8: It's a little too quick to say I'm seeing signs of that. When I when I talk to my local banker in in Tidewater Virginia, there's a reticence on their part to uh, to be aggressive uh, lenders of money. They're watching as as I think all regional and smaller banks are probably watching. They're they're being reticent their propensity to 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 be uh to be out looking for new loans or to be expend- extending loans has probably been somewhat reduced. But it's going to take us a month to really find out if that's true or not. We'll see. It's more a psychological circumstance at this point. The data is still to be uh, to be gotten.
3: Is there anything that the Fed can do uh, to curtail the potential risk for a recession if we do start to see that uh, pullback of credit conditions?
8: The Fed has actually been doing reverses with the market. And injecting reserves back into the system, they should be taking $65 billion worth of assets out of the system. That's what they said they were going to do. But with this uh, new movement on uh, doing match sales, they're actually putting uh, sums of money back into the system. The Fed is uh, is very concerned about what happened with uh, Signature Bank, what happened with uh, Silicon Valley Bank, what happened with uh, First Repub- Republic First Bank. So they're, they're, they've actually sort of reversed their, their propensity to tighten monetary policy as, as much as they were early on. Uh, the Fed is going to be, I think, reticent to, to take rates much higher than where they are right now. Let's, let's just be blunt about it.
3: In our last minute or so here, Dennis, we do get another reading on inflation later this week in yes. consumer and producer prices. What's your expectation there, and what could that mean for the Fed?
8: The Fed's going to look at these numbers right, with, with, a, with an open eye to watch to see whether whether inflation has uh, curtailed or not. Take a look at grain prices, they're down. Take a look at uh, most metals prices, they're down. Take a look at shipping prices, they're down. And the, propens- or the, the consensus estimate is that CPI will be up three-tenths three to four-tenths of 1%. We'll see if, that's, if that follows through later this week. But obviously these are important numbers. The Fed is not going to see another in, uh, employment number until after the May meeting. So they, the only thing they're going to have to go on is going to be the, the CPI and PPI numbers coming out later this week.
3: Are you, look, are you looking for any uh, further gains in the gold market?
8: I'm, the only thing that I have on in my own account at this point, I'm, I'm, I'm long a lot of two-year notes. I'm short a little bit of the stock market, about 4% of my portfolio is net short, and I'm long about 5% to gold. I think gold is holding fairly, fairly well. We'll see if it uh, can. It, it's holding right at $2,000 per ounce. We need to see it trade above 2025 in the spot to, to really get things fired up on the upside. But I'm a little bit long of gold in, in my own account. And I actually have the University of Akron long a little bit of gold at the same time to hedge against inflation. Time shall tell.
3: So in our last 30 seconds here, what's the trajectory for the stock market?
8: I actually have been bearish since January 5th of 2021 and continue to be modestly bearish of the stock market. I think that earnings are going to be uh, reduced over the course of the next several years. I think that the recession is probably a, a, a certainty over the course of the next several months. And I think stock prices are extremely high relative to bond prices. I think stock prices are relatively high uh, in, in technical terms. So I'm, I'm modestly, quietly, very tinyly net <laughs> short of the stock market at this point. And this is for my own account.
3: As always, uh, good to get your perspective. Thanks for this. Dennis Gartman, the former publisher of the Gartman Letter, now chairman of the University of Akron Endowment Investment Committee. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond.
2: Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts.
3: You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco.